Hey guys, welcome back to Quenta Quenta Podcast. This is Angela. It's your girl Tessa. What's up guys, it's Ed. And this is KP. All right, well, today we have Brittany Bautista. She's an award-winning director and cinematographer whose films range from documentary to dance film to narrative. Her films offer cover taboo subjects and center around identity, Asian culture, and feminism. She currently is working on a project with Dolby Digital and freelances as an AC and electric. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for joining us. Of course. So, um, yeah, like, so um, how'd you get into, like, your industry? Like, how did you get into filmmaking and all that? Yeah, so um, I went into, like, filmmaking at a very young age, actually, probably around, like, well, if we're talking about, like, iMovie, like, iMovie days, probably, like, 11 or 12, like, I always knew at a young age I loved making, like, art and storytelling, um, I would literally make like stop motion videos of like my American Girl dolls. Like oh. I remember me and my cousin, we made like a thriller music video with like my American Girl dolls. And then I made like an It's a Wonderful Life like parody with like my Webkins. Um, <laughs> I was always like creating things and I loved making videos. Um, and then um, like when I went to middle school, I did a lot of like plays. I did a lot of musical theater. And I just loved like making art. Like I knew that was something that just came so naturally to me. Like a lot of things were difficult for me. I feel like um, kind of like, I don't know, in the world of like science and math, like that was really difficult for me to comprehend, but art just seemed very, something I was like really attached to. Um, And so I did a lot of theater, like I mentioned. Um, The only thing was I was super shy and I was very like, socially anxious um I still am but yeah so that was like the main problem um but I knew with like story with filmmaking I was kind of able to um tell my stories and show my art without like being on a stage or being in front of a camera and I found my love behind the camera and I truly loved every minute of it I loved the camaraderie with being on set and meeting people. Um, And I just love like the, I fell in love with like the power of filmmaking as well. Um, I remember just like going into a movie theater and watching literally any movie and then coming out like so changed, like having such a changed perspective on life. Like it could literally be like Finding Nemo, but it, every movie I've watched has changed me in some way, so. Yeah. That's, Sorry, that was like a long answer. No, was, like that's so interesting that you started as a kid and like with your American girl dolls. That's so cute. So like um like you mentioned in your bio that you touch on like taboo subjects. Could you like explain a little bit on that? Yeah, so I think a lot of my films have to do with me being um an Asian American and me kind of growing up um not surrounded with a lot of people who are pursuing my career or are encouraging me to pursue this career um my family uh a lot of them don't have connections with like the film industry or art in general they always wanted me to like pursue something in the medical industry or like be a lawyer or something like that um 
And so a lot of the stuff I talk about in my films um, are stuff that nobody ever talked to me about or I wasn't raised to learn about these things. Um, so for example, my film Porcelain um, delves into kind of the stigma of mental illness in um, Asian American communities and families. Um, it's definitely something that's taboo in um, Asian culture. It's not necessarily talked about or seen as like a positive thing. It's always seen as like, oh, if you're mentally ill, you're like insane or like you need to go to a psych ward. So stuff like that. Um, and then just you know, everyday things. I love to point out like things that we kind of like often overlook, um, but they're actually serious things that we need to open conversations about. Um, so my documentary I did uh, like two years ago, um, Give Me a Smile, it talks about um, street harassment or catcalling. And um, it's about, uh, I interviewed four of my friends who um, kind of encounter it and they kind of see it as like, this is just an everyday thing but then the more you talk about it the more it's like wow this is actually like a real issue that needs to be talked about and um we just kind of overlook it and it's like a normal thing that's really yeah like I mean I don't know are you from like sorry it's just to like pivot a little bit like where are you based um currently living in Brooklyn right now for school I'm in my last semester um but I'm from New Jersey Hey. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Are you guys all from Jersey? Jess is from Jersey. <laughs> Jersey City, so I'm not far. Oh, nice, nice. I live in like North Jersey, so I don't even know if you know any, if you're familiar with any of that area. I'm in North Jersey. Oh, oh my God. I'm so, <laughs> my geography, that was like a very, <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. Um, Jersey in the house. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Yeah, so um, just uh, to go back to your documentary, I think like all of us, we've like experienced city life and I think it's it's very prevalent in a, like an urban setting. I'm sure it's like everywhere, but like mm -hmm. in a city setting, I'm sure it's it's like everyday sort of thing. Um, like what, um, was it something that had happened to you specifically that made you want to, make this documentary like what propelled you to focus on that like specific thing um I it definitely is something that I encounter um on a day-to-day -day basis um but I think I wanted to make it because it's I again I wanted to like raise awareness and kind of discuss something that and present it as a problem and kind of open conversation to find ways to um, kind of find a solution to it. And obviously there is no solution, but um, I, I wanted to make it so that hopefully it'll impact generations to come and like the way we raise like our future children and, and kind of treating women when we see them on the street. Um, also, it doesn't just happen to women, it can happen to men too. Um, but it's just like something that's so universal um, throughout every person I know, every woman that I've met. Um, we like, I can just walk into a room and talk about it and everybody has had an experience with it. Um, and it's just something that I feel like, again, it is an everyday thing, but we never see it as like a problem. So I definitely wanted to focus on it. 
Yeah. So like um, you talked a, a bit about like mental health and how it's not really prevalent in um, like it's like let's say for example like Filipino culture it's still not really accepted like for me personally like if I talk to my parents about like oh I'm going to therapy they're like that's kind of a waste of money like mm-hmm. you, you know just talk mm-hmm. to me or like whatever like no like so what what is your experience with with that and and how did you um uh like how do I say like translate it to film or or anything have you made any documentaries about that yeah so I actually Porcelain, um, which is the one that centers around that topic, discusses that a little bit, um, and it is based on personal experiences, Um, and I feel like I kind of educate my family, and I feel like it, to preface, I feel like in a lot of Asian families, we're not, like, the children are not always open to their parents about everything, like, for me, at least, it's like hard to open up to them sometimes. So like the way I open up and t- talk to them about my life is actually through film. And through all my films, they kind of watch it and they're like, wow, I didn't know this about you or wow, this surprised me. Um, just because it's like easier to tell things through through video and through art. Um, but yeah, it was definitely difficult um, when I first like talked about like depression and and social anxiety um my parents don't like fully believe in like um antidepressants and medication and I feel like that's a common thing and they just feel like it'll definitely like quote unquote change me um so a lot of the things like when I turned 18 I was kind of like really happy that I can finally have freedom to just do these things on my own find help on my own um so a lot of the things I just did when I turned 18 and I was able to get therapy and like do all, all of these things. Wow. That's amazing. Who, Brittany, who are your uh, inspirations in the filmmaking world? Um, that's so hard. Um, there's a lot. Um, there's a cinematographer named Ellen Curras who is like really... Um, just like a badass um she does like what I love about her is she does like narrative and documentary which is mm. what I like as well um and in an industry that's like dominated by mostly men it's like really nice to see like female filmmakers um thrive in the industry um and then I will mention like a few male directors, which sucks, but um, I really love um, Yorgos Lanthimos. He did The Favorite, he did Dogtooth, he did, um, what else did he do? Dogtooth and then Killing of a Sacred Deer. Um, Yeah, and then this is like, yeah, this is uh, someone I've loved since middle school, Wes Anderson. He kind of, he really like inspired me to, kind of fully joined the film industry. I just love the way all of his things were shot. Um, I knew once I watched Grand Budapest Hotel, that's when I knew like I wanted to be like a cinematographer. So um, I have a lot of inspirations, but those are definitely a couple. Yeah, wow. Awesome. Thank you. So you work in um, 
cinematography like do you do um cinematography do you also do like the sound and editing like do you are you like an all renaissance woman <laughs> I would love to say that but I guess my primary primary focus right now is directing and DP um or being a cinematographer um I really love camera and lighting those are like my two um yeah those are really close to my heart and I've I actually started working in the industry as a as a busboy or as an electric so I learned a lot about um lighting um but yeah I think I tried sound sound is just not for me um you have to have strong arms to do sound too yes like yeah I think Ed's trying to jump on I don't know if he's on oh here there he is yeah so he's there Hi, about your strong arms oh, <laughs> they're, they're okay I tried holding a boom pole once for more than five minutes and I just could not it's no bueno there's a um, technique and it's called looking like you're doing something but you're actually not doing anything <laughs> I'll show you next time okay okay yeah no there's a lot um, of what filmmakers do yeah no I um for part of my my school and training like we had to learn how to like very basic levels on how to do like each part of a film set and I was just like the f- you want me to hold this for like this ent- this is this is an hour and a half long class like you want me to hold this this entire time we were like yeah like it's a job <laughs> like you gotta learn this job and I was like okay yeah I just did a documentary shoot where um, it was like a conversation between a mom and a daughter and it was like an hour-long conversation and the camera was handheld the entire time so like, I was like ripped by the end of it like my arms were so sore was it on a gimbal or like did you no luckily it was an fx6 so it was like pretty light oh, but it was go. still I just hadn't worked out in a long time so I was like super weak I feel like I'd be like this <laughs> the camera is def- the shot was definitely shaky like you need some stabilizer on it oh okay no. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so like I don't know if this is this might be a very heavy question but I'm gonna try to like simplify it um like how how is it being like a director because I know already like the industry is very like male saturated like there's very few female directors who are you know acknowledged um on a on a like international level but um how like have you ever found anything where not only are you trying to make it as a director as a woman but like as an Asian American woman like have you ever found any difficulties or do you not um have you not encountered any of those kind of things yeah so I feel like that like sexism and racism is just something that I'll encounter every single day and like ever since I was like 16 when I worked in the industry I've just been used to it especially um working as an electric um G&E is like 90% men and they're all like old white men and um they'll always just be like oh uh, do you need help carrying that can you carry that are you sure you can lift that and that's something that I just was like uh, in my mind I thought I just thought that was normal and then when I um got older I was like wow that's really messed up that they um said that to me um but I feel like 
I feel like the industry is shifting a little bit um, where on set I'll see, I'll, I'll still encounter these things, but sometimes people will be more sensitive or aware to what they're saying, especially guys. Um, and I feel like uh, Asian filmmakers and female filmmakers are getting a little bit more recognition. Um, but obviously I feel like it's definitely hard to determine if these things are just for um, publicity or for like, um, because that's like trendy right now, or if it's genuine and they want to honor these people. Um, so I'm always like confused as to like whether I should, if you want me on this set because you like me and you think I'm a good worker or you want me because we need more diversity and we need a female on set. And sometimes I get offended when um, producers or people will be like, oh, they really want women on this set. So can you join? So I'm like, oh, you want me because I'm a I'm a girl and not because I'm actually a good worker. So I feel like that's always like a hurdle that I have to like jump over is the fact that I'm a woman. Um, and it definitely is hard. Like I feel like sometimes I'm like pitied for it. Um, but I forgot what I was going. Oh, um, I feel like a lot of my life and like a lot of my practice is if someone tells me like I can't do something, it kind of motivates me to do to want to prove them wrong and do it more. So I feel like it's as a female Asian filmmaker, it definitely is challenging, but I really feel like I was like called to be in this career to kind of prove people wrong, but also like just create more representation like in the industry um so I definitely think there's still like a lot of hurdles I have to jump over but I'm like glad to jump over them and I know that there will always be a struggle but I don't know like film making my films like I would not like be anywhere without my struggles because all of my films are about struggle so nice I love that you. sorry that was really long again oh. <laughs> uh, to switch gears a little bit um like what was the most like positive experience you've had like on a film set um the most positive well this is very recent actually um I uh shot something and I directed something with um it's a prod, a competition that I won with Dolby Digital and a program I was in called Ghetto Film School. Mm. And um, it's called Fruits of Your Labor. And um, it was centered around uh, Jackson Heights and Filipino culture. So I strive to have the most Filipino people on my set. And just, I didn't want to have like a crew of people I didn't know or didn't care about like they were all my friends and I all wanted to bring them up with me um and so it was like the most Filipinos I've ever worked with on a set and the actors were Filipino as well and there was one scene that was a church scene um and it, I needed a lot of Filipino extras and so I had my family come to the church as extras and yeah I was like my grandparents and my my mom and dad um and I think that was really heartwarming just because um I feel like again this is like a common thing but I feel like uh, Asian kids always have to like prove themselves to their parents so I 
I always try to do that with my parents and try to like because they were very skeptical obviously about being in the film industry um but I feel like once they saw me directing and being on set that was like the first time they ever saw that um I definitely knew that they were proud of me my mom was taking pictures the whole time um but it was just like a such a heartwarming moment being surrounded by people I like love and Filipino people are always fun they're just like so full of love and kindness and my actors got to meet my family and that was just so sweet and to this day they still text me about it and are just like I can't believe I got to meet your family like it was so fun um so yeah that was definitely one of the most positive experiences so I love that that's really sweet <laughs> thank you Sorry, I made a face. Someone just is either blending or vacuuming something in the next room. <laughs> I can't tell. Um, so, Brittany, I think this is what you said, um, but you, you're still currently in school, right? Um, yes, I'm in my senior okay. year. I have one, okay. like, this is my last semester, and then I'm graduating in May. Congrats! Hi. Big congrats! Thank you. Oh I'm my so gosh, that's amazing. Finally. Um, okay, so. I think like this is uh, not to not to project you too far in the future, but what is a, for what you want to try to do? And I know you're like focusing on directing right now, but you know a little bit about everything. So like, what is like a realistic uh, like first job, for example, out of college for like if you want to go into directing? Like, what would you start with? So I've never known anyone. I know like a couple, it's very hard to just like graduate and then instantly become an amazing director. Um, yeah. <laughs> you just have to like have that raw talent, either have like that talent, have money or have connections. Like you just have to have one of those three. Um, but since I want to take more of like a, I'm going to probably enter the industry through like the DP route first. Um, just because I know that there's ways mm. to get in through that way. Um, so I feel like in the when you graduate film school, you can either just start freelancing. Um, and that's not guaranteed, obviously, but if I, I feel like I built enough um like an index of people in New York that if I when I graduate, I'll kind of be okay freelancing. Um mm -hmm. or you can uh, work at a rental house and that's also an option for me like a camera rental house or um, like a lighting rental house um, and I did that um, two years ago I or a year ago I, I did an internship at a, at a rental house and I learned so much just from like being familiar with the cameras and the equipment so I feel like it's a good opportunity um, or you can work at a corporate job like work at like NBC or like work at um like Vice um mm -hmm. so I feel like there's definitely a lot of routes but I'm not sure where I want to go yet but yeah I feel well, like I, I was just <laughs> oh no sorry fin uh, finish your thought I feel like I should know <laughs> okay got it well I was just gonna say because I know you mentioned documentary filmmaking um so it was also it occurred to me I so I majored in theater and journalism so like documentary filmmaking is was like something 
that I feel like makes sense with that. So have you ever, have you thought about maybe like going and trying to work for like one of the outlets or something like that? Or, and I think typically with that, you start off as, I don't know, like a copywriter. It's not like quite as glamorous or like an assistant to someone. But then like, if you are really enthusiastic, like you'll kind of work your way up into doing these like more, they're still film pieces, but they're like very like high quality, like documentary film pieces. Um, and I think like, you know, and some of them end up on Netflix and other outlets and like it gets along the line of like Vice to stuff like that too. So that was mm -hmm. kind of like, I, I guess I was wondering like, did you want to stay with like the more entertainment like route or would like the journalism route also be like an option and then there's also like you said there's like the I work in marketing and so there's also directors within marketing too um mm -hmm. for like creative shoots and things like that yeah um that's so that's a good question um there's so that you just like reminded me of so many routes that I could take um <laughs> Um, so so, yeah, I firstly, like I admire journalists so much and like, I have a lot of friends in journalism and I think it's like such an important career and it can take you so many places. Um, and I feel like journalism and documentary def definitely go hand in hand. Um, and I, yeah, I think journalism is so prevalent. Um, and I feel like that, like speaking of vice, I definitely would love to go into an industry like that, um, where like a dream would just be to like travel different places and meet different people of different cultures and just film them in documentaries. Um, my friend uh, did work for vice as a DP and he did exactly that. Like he traveled, he went like to like Louisiana and met like someone who played who's like a hacky sack legend and then he went to like Tennessee and met these two girls who run like a sustainable fashion brand and then he like went somewhere else and he just like makes all these vice videos that and just meets these cool people and like has so many interesting stories to tell and I think that's just the root of like documentary filmmaking and just like telling these people's stories and then obviously that affects you and that inspires you um so I feel like I would love to do that. Um, I heard some like weird things about Vice though, so I'm not sure yet. Um, Ooh, like, like relating to how they treat their crew and stuff. Um, so Vice in general is controversial. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. Um, so I don't know. I don't know about that. Um, but maybe like a company that's similar to that would be really fun. Um, I worked at Wyden and Kennedy. Well, I did a residency at Wyden and Kennedy for a little bit. Um, and so that was like working. It's okay. It's like an advertisement agency. So it, I, it was like more like commercial, like marketing. Um, oh, dope. That's what's up. Yeah. So I worked as like an assistant editor. Um, and I, I thought that I would freaking hate like the advertising like advertisement world but I loved it and it was so fun because it's like short form and it's just like mm -hmm. things that are like 30 seconds or a minute and then like I felt so cool like knowing about like what Heinz like like was doing yeah. or like what McDonald's like McDonald's was doing something with Megan Thee Stallion or BTS and no one knew about it and I would see like I would see like the My company actually launched the BTS stuff for McDonald's. Um, AJ Raphael, Ed knows, Ed knows AJ Raphael. 
Uh, do you guys remember Timothy Delaghetto? Yes, Timothy yeah. Delaghetto. Oh my god, that is throwback. All friends with Jeremy Passion. <gasps> yes, I don't know. Jeremy Passion. Linked with Jeremy Passion. Lemonade. Wait, Timothy Delaghetto is friends with Jeremy Passion. Aren't they? I think I, so. I thought all YouTubers That's were friends. That's a weird crossover. <laughs> Maybe not, but they were definitely like in the same YouTube era because I was oh, for sure with Jeremy Passion and like Wait, yeah. Jeremy Passion was a YouTuber. Yeah, wow. Wait, what oh, you know him I thought he just made music. Oh my god, he had like Twitter compilations of him like live playing. It was so good. I have to find it. Oh no, he definitely wow. started with like making covers. Of yeah, songs. acoustics. Yeah, acoustic covers. Yeah, I cried to every single one. Oh, you guys, how, how could you not? <laughs> like you know, boy crazy. Him and his uh straw fedora. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was the Filipino Jason Mraz. I've never seen a picture of him. I don't even know what he looks like. I just listen to him because it's like our Filipino him. anthem. Like Lemonade yeah. is oh, for sure. our Filipino anthem. On the ukulele. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was so unique. Like when I was 12, I was like, nobody knows this song. It's so underground. Then I like went to high school. Everybody knew it. I want to yeah, listen yeah. to it. What is this I still song? don't know how to play Lemonade. <laughs> it is good. So, oh, I know chords, the song. So. so, so listening to like what you were saying about like what interests you in the current things that you're doing, the things that you did, sounds like you really just like telling stories. So, like, mm-hmm. how did you know that that's like what you wanted to do, and like how did you like push that forward? Yeah, so I feel like again at a young age, I was really shy, and I but I love telling stories, and I loved like kind of just making art and um, just like making weird things and making fun things. Like filmmaking to me at a young age was just fun. Like I remember another weird thing I did is I did a Gangnam Style parody and I did that as a present (laughs) to my mom and dad for some reason. Like it was a (laughs) present. I don't know why I, but I collaborated with my brothers. Like that was kind of what, whenever I was bored, I was like, let's make a video. Like, and so me and my brothers, we did a shot by shot, like recreation of the film in our, of the music video in our house. Um, you got a link? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, drop, drop the link. Truly <laughs> awful, maybe. Um, but it was, it was like, there was, it was so weird because there's no questions asked. Like we just did it. And like, um, I feel like filmmaking, the process is just like meant to be fun. And I feel like there's very few people I know in this industry that are generally just doing this for money. Cause I feel like if you're doing this for money, then you're in the wrong industry. Like you can make so much more money other places. Mm. Um, But along with like making the story, I feel like the process of like making the story and like the people you meet along the way are just it's just such a fun process and um I'm a big believer in like at least for me I don't really know how much work goes into something until I actually do it myself um and I feel like when people look at film that aren't that aren't friends with filmmakers don't don't work in the film industry they just see it as like oh this is so easy like anybody can do this and then when you actually get on set you realize how many people are involved and like how much, how many things, moving things there are and like how much money and time goes into this. Um, And then you start to appreciate it more. Like 
whenever I worked on the bigger sets, even commercials, like when I worked at Wyden and Kennedy or when I worked on commercial sets, I started to like watch TV and watch the commercials and like appreciate the lighting and the camera work and the storytelling. So even commercials are fun to watch now. Did you watch the uh, Rihanna show? Uh, yes I, rihanna's concert rihanna concert yes yeah <laughs> do you see any commercials over there i actually was on set during the concert um oh. but i did watch it after um it was a good performance honestly i i wouldn't say like it's like top 10 super bowl worthy but so tell us how you really feel <laughs> i love rihanna like she ate but she could have eaten more yeah it seemed like she, she was kind of she old. also was uh preoccupied with uh being a little pregnant so that's so true but though. then i was like why did they choose a, someone who's about who's like pregnant to do the super bowl unless well, she didn't know until like later on i think so but i think it also it's funny because it was basically like a soft launch of her pregnancy because she didn't address it at all it was just like it she didn't address it until after yeah that's so true um yeah i was just thinking about the baby the entire performance i was like that baby is probably like what's going on? <laughs> like shaking in it why are we thrusting now we're thrusting now okay it's <laughs> <This is> strange <laughs> is it time for me to come out no mom's no, just dancing just uh, all right all right like uh what is it i felt like like low-key this is like so rihanna in a way because it's like uh like they don't get paid to do the super bowl because like they garner yeah. no they because they garner so many like fans or whatever like from the super bowl exposure that, like, exactly so mm-hmm. it's like the numbers like make up for the fact that they don't get paid and i feel like that's so rihanna in a way that's like okay you're not gonna tell me cool this is i'm just gonna this sing some even... songs and, uh, yeah i, and I didn't know that they didn't get bounce. paid yeah they don't get paid damn that's kind of shitty though i still feel like but as like, a performer i don't I know like the, the weekend he paid like two million of his own money yeah. just to do the super bowl yeah because they don't want to do it that year because of covid um but yeah that's mm-hmm. so weird because like i feel like if you know Rihanna's performing you, and you're a Rihanna fan, you would go to it. I feel like there's no new Rihanna fans. If like if you don't know Rihanna by now, like you live under a rock. So unless you're a young child who just became pubescent, like <laughs> so true. But yeah, when is her new music coming out? That's the real question. Same time, ASAP Rocky's new music coming out. <laughs> I actually love ASAP Rocky. Wait, while we're on those, can we talk about how many like straight grown ass men have been shitting on ASAP Rocky because yeah, of Rihanna? Because of Rihanna, yeah. Haters. I didn't know this. What? They're all like ASAP. So ASAP Rocky, like he's also known for being really pretty. Like he's known, yeah. like he's always like that pretty. Like he always calls himself like the pretty one. Like so, I don't know. Maybe that's also kind of feeding it. But, like, talking about how, like, Rihanna is, like, the more dominant one in the relationship, which, like, it's Rihanna. Of course she's going to be, you know? And they're just saying, like, oh, like, ASAP's, like, going to be taking care of the kids and Rihanna's, like, the strong, like, one. And I'm like, okay, and, like, what's the 2023. 
Yeah, what's the what? problem with that? They're also, there's just some like out of pocket shit that they post. Like there was one where it's like Rihanna posing and it's that photo where Rihanna's like posing in front and then ASAP's like in the back with the kid. The baby, yeah. And there was one where it's just like they're, they're breaking down like the body posing of ASAP and and Rihanna so it's like Rihanna's dominant ASAP's like submissive and then there's one where it says it goes down to like her way she's facing frontward and it's like pussy facing frontward like to the world or something like that and it was like how else can you stand sir like how are you supposed to stand like I feel like this was all done by like Drake like (laughs) like all this (laughs) people have way too much time on their hands Chris Brown Chris Brown, ugh. Bro, Chris Brown. That's funny. That's funny. So crazy. Are there still Chris Brown fans? Like, are there? Uh, apparently. He just, yeah. <laughs> I think he just had a concert recently or something. Yeah. Who's going to those? Like, his dancing is also looking really funny these days. Like, <laughs> he, like, wants to, to, like, crump, but, like, he's not exactly a crumper because he's got like really long limbs so it's like kind of weird watching him crump is he tall yeah, yeah no right? idea i don't know he's taller than lil wayne i think a lot of people are taller than I mean, lil wayne is <laughs> that's why it's lil <laughs> hold on i'm looking it up oh he's six well, one. He's oh six yeah one. there you go see six, six one. four oh my god one six oh. one Oh, 6'1", okay. Oh, 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 6'1". Oh. <laughs> oh, wow. It's like 6'4 is unheard of sometimes. Also, did you guys hear? I think it's Haley Williams. Haley Williams can crump. Really? Can she crump? I know she can sea walk. She's really cool. No, that, never mind. That's what I got it confused with. I'm sorry. <laughs> Dude, I'm what sorry. is crumping? Am I like, do I live under a rock? Um, crumping is like, the movement where like people look angry while they're dancing <laughs> and it's like a lot of like isolations but like you throw your limbs around is it like whacking what's that no whacking is like when you go like no oh, 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 like <laughs> I, I can't crumb so i can't i can't i thought that was voguing the voguing and whacking are like kind of in the same yeah uh, realm um, but voguing is like more graceful and whacking is like very aggressive and voguing is like yeah okay i see i see but i've never heard of crumping that's really interesting it's just i think really you could demonstrate I, I, I just said if i could i would <laughs> we're visual learning <laughs> well you see the thing is as, as you can see behind me it, it's blurry and that's because all of my belongings are still spread across my room. I guess. I mean, I guess if you want to see someone trip and fall and die on the podcast, that'd be dope. I could do. I could um, do. Trip and fall is fine. Don't die. Don't die. Okay, trip and fall only. Yeah. Got you. Got you. Okay, real quick. Yeah. No. Oh. <laughs> Wait. I don't. I don't know if this was answered, but how did you and Brittany meet? Oh, okay. So, um, we were on like this really crazy set where like. We were using like real guns to shoot. Um, it was like out in like Ooh. New Mexico, and um, yeah, the DP for that is like currently on trial, so it's crazy. Oh. But, like, 
It's not the Alec Baldwin set, was it? <laughs> no, I'm joking. Anyways. <laughs> oh my god! Where are oh you god. going with this? I was like, should I just show? Um. So I I know what is I'm I'm pretty. I don't know. I don't want to call us friends because I don't I don't know if he thinks of me that way. But I think we're friends. So I'm friends with a DP named uh, Sid Sasante, and um, we were on like a really interesting like indie film. Uh, like during the pandemic about like a guy who had like uh, erectile dysfunction and they were just like making oh. a joke about it and it was like he like anyways so so I, so I met him through that and that was like the same day that like uh, Kobe passed uh, Kobe and his daughter uh, after the, like, I can't mm-hmm. remember her name I feel so bad but um so it's like we like shared a moment because we were like oh Kobe but that's like that's my guy and so like we were both on set and like like as soon as like we got on we figured out that we were both Filipino and so from there we just kind of like we're always just like in touch even if we weren't like on set like I would ask questions he would mm-hmm. ask me questions I'm um, just like oh hey for sound do you need blah 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 and I'd be like hey for so for camera like do we need this this and this and so like we just kind of mm. kept this connection and then recently we've been working a lot together which is really cool oh. yeah and so he invited me to like this um like Filipino like dinner that like uh one of like the I want to call him like a forefather of like Filipino like uh in like Filipino entertainment like because he shoots on like Sesame Street and like yeah he's really dope he's so cool and um like Mm -hmm. another one who's like the number one like cam op from uh was it Singapore yeah he he's like part of that group and they were like oh yeah like let's get together let's like break down these barriers that like us Filipinos can't normally get to because they're like yeah it was just like a collective of like Filipino um filmmakers and it ranges from like camera ops to like dps to sound um and so this guy was just like bring all of your Filipino friends um and they have this like monthly dinner and it was just originally created so we can have a space to like talk about our experiences as like Filipino filmmakers and just share our tell our stories and like give each other advice um so uh, yeah I met Ed there and it was just like really nice to like they are they're a little bit older than me so they kind of act as like my mentors as well just like hearing stuff about the industry um but yeah we're, we're having another one tomorrow which is really exciting um Oh, that's so fun. Yeah, hopefully our index will, like, grow bigger and bigger. Oh, no, definitely. I know there are, like, three more people that, like, got added to the group. So that's kind of dope. I'm looking for it. Yeah. Every Filipino person I meet on set, I'm, like, instantly, like, I'm adding you to the group chat. We need to be friends. We have to be friends. There was no other option. There is (laughs) no other option. Friends was the only option. Yeah, you have to. Yep, that's it. That's a cute story. I love it. Okay, thanks. Bye. (laughs) I was thinking about the fact that in my entire career so far, and I've always been in marketing, um, not always commercial real estate, but in the past, I guess, five years, five, yeah, four years, um, I've met one Filipino. (gasps) Collective gasp. The industry is is mostly white men in their 50s. so when I do meet another Asian person, I'm like so excited to meet them, but um, like to work in my own, like my like immediate visit on my team, I've had mm-hmm. one, 
one Filipino friend and she moved away. Uh, Do you you want to come to my marketing agency? (laughs) Honestly, it sounds like I should. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Um, But no, it's great that you guys can, like, can find each other and it's such an open and welcoming, you know, like resource, but also just like nice to make friends who are like-minded and come from the same background because there's just like, a special kinship that comes with just being Filipino or just being Asian really. And um, so I'm always looking to find connections like that. And it's tough when I work in an industry like this because it's kind of like off-putting, um, but also at the same time, it's like, fuck it, I'm going to stay here because I need to clearly start something here. Like <laughs> you need to show other Filipinos like hey we can do this too right oh big facts big facts it's like I feel like it's always hard like being in an industry like that because when I worked at my camera rental house um at not mine when I worked at a camera rental house in the city I was like the only like Asian person and I wasn't the only woman but I was the only Asian person in the rental department and I was always stuck between like should I leave this place and find some find work at a place that with where there's more people like me or kind of like I don't know shift like stay here and like try to shift it so it's always like a I feel like that's like a kind of battle that you have to decide um because I'm like I feel like leaving is like giving up in a way um but it definitely is so it's so interesting working with just like a lot of white people and (laughs) that was like the first time I fully was like yeah like I was like fully immersed in like white people humor and um I didn't realize but like halfway through like the internship I was like why am I not getting along with these people why is it not fun why am I not laughing are you not laughing at their jokes yeah Yeah. and I was like oh it's because (laughs) they're white (laughs) but um yeah. You just made something click with me. So, oh my gosh. I think that was something in college. Like you're you're set with um the way my program works is like you're with the same people for like six of your classes and it's like it's like the same like 12 people every single day and I was like why am I not getting along with these people or like why didn't it click? And I think it's because like most of them most of them were white. There was one girl that was like half Singapore, but like definitely identified more with her white side culturally, mm-hmm. at least. Um, and then there was like one girl uh, who was African-American, but like for whatever, but most of them were white. And I was like, why is this not, why is this like not like, and I just, for the longest time, like that was my biggest thing is like, I was like no one was mean no one was rude like everyone was like quite nice yeah but it was just like I don't understand why I wasn't gelling with them and like that was such and I always was like I just didn't get their jokes like I just never understood their jokes so like that's really weird like that dude that was like fucking like five years ago now when you just made that click for me Yeah, I'm glad I helped you. <laughs> yeah, like and I, again, like I want to reiterate, like no, like they were all very nice. Like there wasn't anything, like they never were mean, never malicious, but it just there was like a very there was just a disconnect there for me. Yes. And I feel like that's such a common thing, like when you're in a group of people and your first thought isn't like you're not analyzing them or anything. It's always like an internal thing, like why I'm the problem, like why am I not getting along with these people? Why am yeah. I not gelling with them? 
but in reality it could also be the people that you're around and like not everything is your fault because I always used to think like why am I not as funny as them like why am I not why are they not laughing at my jokes my jokes yeah like why can't I not think of anything to say and it's because like I I, there's it's like a culture shock it's like these people grew up yeah like having these specific jokes and you grew up in a different like kind of um environment and Mm -hmm. I remember like um I joined like a Filipino club at my school and um we did like this pageant (laughs) called Miss Miss P.I. and it's like a really big thing I don't know if any of you have heard of it but it's like a really big thing huh Angela you know it no I don't I don't know (laughs) she's a she's a former pageant queen so but I don't know I don't oh my god that's amazing (laughs) yeah that's so awesome yeah so like basically miss miss pi is like a huge thing and we like there's like different districts of filipino clubs that's how crazy we are but there is a d we're district three and it's like new york new jersey um i think in long island yeah um and so all of those colleges like they compete in a pageant called Miss PI and there's like 27 different colleges and I was like representing like Pratt um which is the college I go to and I just met that was like the most like Filipino people I've ever been surrounded with that were my age in my entire life and Mm. just like being around these people I was like why is ever why is everything so easy like why am I able to get along with these people so easily like why is everything so funny like why why are these people like the funniest people I've ever met and it's because like (laughs) they're Filipino and it's like it definitely does make a difference like and even like my friends who are it's so interesting it definitely is like the way that you're raised because my friends who are adopted who are like um they're like Asian but they're adopted into a white family like it's so interesting to see their humor versus like my my friends who are Filipino in a Filipino family. So yeah. Like- also say like Filipinos love bodily humor and Caucasians <laughs> are so weird about it, I feel. What like what do you mean? Like what kind of bodily like just like anything like bodily, like in terms of like the body. Like, <laughs> like I don't know how else to put it. It's just like like for example like bodily function stuff like they're not as like off-put about it I feel like farting yeah like yeah (laughs) I guess yeah Yeah. things like that as opposed to like I don't know other cultures might be like just don't talk about as much oh true okay yeah I think they're we break a lot of taboos yeah. For example, I'm always asking my boyfriend, I'm like, how are your poops today? Were they good? Yes. Like, how are they? Did you, is it, are you regular? And he's just like, stop. He's also, he's a fourth Korean, but I'm, he's always just like, we don't need to talk about that. Like his caucasity really comes out when I ask no. him about it. I think poop, I love talking about pooping. <laughs> like, okay, I'm done. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> is Ed leaving now? I, I actually, I, I actually do have to leave kind of soon though. Oh, okay. <laughs> I gotta wake yeah, up I for think another. Pooping call, is then. so important. Like, I feel <laughs> like that's a signifier, like on if I 
will become friends with you or not is if you're like comfortable talking about pooping we're about to become best friends because i have yeah. poop disease i have ulcerative colitis <laughs> and i poop all day long Wait, what <gasps> it's like the opposite of ibs it's it's like the worst it's like ibs and ibd and i have ibd which is the disease and ibs is the syndrome syndrome so since oh. it's like more i don't know if you can say curable but it's like in, it happens in like spurts whereas the I, ibd is the disease you have that forever there's no cure oh. yeah so i have i have a lot of Oh my god. That should have been my episode. Damn it. That would have been talk about that. Just next time. Next time. Yeah, there's always so you, like future episodes. So you yeah, sorry. You poop like, often, like a lot. Like I I'm pooping all the time, especially if I'm in a flare, which is unfortunate. Okay. It can happen for like weeks at a time, months at a time. And it's just like anything I eat, doesn't matter what it is. I don't care what any doctor tells you, what any cousin tells you. It doesn't matter. Like in my case, and it's different for everybody, but my case, it's like when my body decides to go into a flare, it's like whatever I'm eating, it's just, I need to be next to a bathroom. Like I need to know where the restroom is. And and so that's why every time like I start a new job, it's a priority for me to like, I need to make a friend at least on the team so I can like talk about it. Because if I, if I'm in the bathroom every five minutes, they're going to think I'm like blowing cocaine lines. (laughs) I'm very lucky that I have this like whatever I don't this personality where I can joke about it with my my work team like my entire team of like 15 people and it's just a funny thing and if I am missing and they need me they know to like come to the bathroom (laughs) that's so amazing yeah I mean it's just one of those diseases where it's like if you can't joke about it like you'll just die of embarrassment so yeah oh my god that's like amazing that you're so comfortable talking about it and like that your white coworkers are just like chill with talking about it too. Like, well, because I'm like, you have no choice. Like I'm going to take a no shit after this meeting. Like I, like <laughs> that's where I'll be. <laughs> that's a tough. I mean, oh attitude my- reflects leadership, right? I know. I <laughs> love how, it. I love it. How long does it take for you to eat something and then like have to go poop? If it's, if it's, if I'm in a bad flare, like a severe one, it's like, it's almost instantly. It's like, Oh, I got to run. Well, like as soon as you take a bite of something, like pretty much, like within oh minutes, yeah. Wow. So there's times where like I'm looking extra slim because I'm I'm in a flare, or like and I can eat. Like I'm in a phase right now where I can eat whatever I want. It's not affecting me. I'm not. I'm no longer. I'm technically in like a remission kind of stage, or almost. Um, so I'm just eating whatever I want because I don't know when the next flare is gonna hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I was I'm gonna sorry, say. But that's kind of dope. How do you get your nutrients then if like you're, when you're in a flare, if it kind of just like goes through you? Yeah. So it, it's, it's extra tough on me because when I, when I'm in a flare, I'm also, it's a lot of TMI. So sorry guys, but mm-hmm. we're, we're here. Now. You only have to share as much as you you're want. Good. Like I don't want to pressure you. <laughs> no, it's all good. You know, it's, it's awareness that I want to spread too. Like in some yeah. other way, someday I want to start something, but um, cause nobody does talk about this because it is embarrassing. Oh, I've never heard of this before. I, I feel so like, I'm very lucky to be educated about this right now. You Getting know, happy to be here. For yeah. You. But yeah. Long story short, when I'm in a flare, I'm losing blood as well. And so oh, yeah. for me, it comes to a point where I'm like bleeding buckets of every time I go to the bathroom. And so I've had to have like blood transfusions and stuff. Like I'm in the hospital all the time. Like Angela, you've been following me on Instagram. I don't know if you've seen it, but I've been in the hospital, like I think like three times last year because of it, but I have a very supportive system. My husband's amazing. Like I'm fine. I just have to stay on top of my stuff and like get my blood checked. Um, got it. Got it. Mm-hmm. 
So, so it's like eating when during the flare-ups is eating enjoyable or do you kind of like you're not looking forward to it because you know what happens. So I have this other disease where I cannot help, but I just love food. That is my disease. Like <laughs> this is my worst nightmare is to have this, this oh. exact disease. Like I love food. I think about my next meal. Like that's what I'm thinking yes. about. Now. Like I love food. Nothing can stop me. And that's how I know I love it because even through all that, like I'll eat something and be like, this is going to, this is going to destroy me, but I'm fine with it. <laughs> here we are no, you know what's crazy like I feel like a lot of I'm not lactose intolerant but I feel like a lot of lactose intolerant people are like that where they're, they're like I lactose. know this will destroy my stomach but I'm gonna take a lactate and just like yeah. go get through it yeah I mean that's, that's like especially in Asians a lot of Asians have an intolerance to it yeah very, very common yeah, that's okay. me. Like I, I, every time I eat cheese or dairy, like it's, it's done for me, but I love pizza. Like I'm a New Yorker. I love, pizza. So I'm just like, you know what? I'm a, this is for me, right? Yeah. You're doing yourself. something for yourself. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know who else loves pizza? You know who else goes to the bathroom? Angela, let's not do this again. <laughs> You know, you know just, who else? She wouldn't say bathroom. it the last episode. I mean, that's like part of our thing too. Like we don't actually say the name, but like everyone knows the name. <laughs> uh, who is this? Am Brittany I like, doesn't know the name. I'm so confused. Brittany, Wait. where can the people find you? <laughs> oh, like on Instagram? Oh my God, am I doing self-promo? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Brittany, this camera, this camera, this camera. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. At underscore Brittany Bautista. Brittany spelled like Britney Spears. So like B R I T N E Y. B A U T I S T A. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, this is so I love podcasts. This is like my first podcast, but this is so fun. Oh, oh thanks. Aww. It's a good time. You guys are all really great and funny. So it's lovely to <laughs> meet you. I'm Thank okay, you. But everyone else you're, is really dope. you're in New York, right, Brittany? Yes, I am. Okay, okay so we can get lunch sometime. That'll oh be. God, that'll I, be I love that. Oh, can I invite Tessa tomorrow? I'm gonna invite Tessa tomorrow. <gasps> Tessa, if you want to come tomorrow. Oh my God, come, come please. <laughs> is it for actors though too, or is it for is anybody? Oh, that's cute. Thank you. Uh, I have an I IKEA also date. Extend so to Jessica and Angela, but I, I don't know if y'all. Angela know. is in Pennsylvania. <laughs> No, so. I still want to be considered. <laughs> Wait, so Angela, what do you do for work? Um, so for work, I'm a behavior therapist, but um, I also love filmmaking and acting and writing. Um, but those don't pay the bills, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's real. Yeah, <laughs> have you? So how did you guys all meet? Like, I don't know anything. <laughs> How did we all meet? So, okay, so we were on a film, right? In New Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> I but the way I like fell for it again, like I knew it was <laughs> Angela's the glue, if that's helpful. So Angela and I met on a play, and then Angela and Ed met, I don't know. And then that's that's it. Jess and Angela met. We know each other because our families are very close, right? Like we're not actually family, right? 
Yeah, I'm like, are we related? I don't know, but I, I'm pretty sure it's because you're oh, yeah. I know your parents are very close with my my late grandparents. Oh, okay. I think my mom used to work for your grandma, and I used to like hang out with oh. your grandma too a lot. Oh, that's <laughs> cute. My grandma, my grandma was it was fabulous and so fun, but she was a wild one too. She was very hard to please, and she was very classy. <laughs> um, she we'll just leave it at she was fabulous. She was fabulous. <laughs> So she was a Filipino grandma. Yes. Yes. <laughs> a tough cookie for real, for real, for real. But yes. So that's how we know each other. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's yeah. crazy. I didn't know you guys. So it was just kind of like art stuff, basically. Yeah. That's so cute. Oh my gosh. I'm gonna start a podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're more than welcome to come back on ours. I would love to. This is so fun. And talk about time. It's a nice like pre-weekend, pre-weekend thing. We like it on Thursdays. I just also like, I just love talking and I will will not shut up. So this is a nice, (laughs) like tomorrow I just, I'll stop talking and I'll save everyone. (laughs) No, that's dope uh, because Angela likes to have people talk. Yeah. Okay. Just Angela it. doesn't talk that much if you notice, which is, yeah, it's kind of nice. Like it's, I don't know. It's like the opposite of like Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel when he just like oh, doesn't true. stop, doesn't let the people talk and just like talks over them. So I'm the Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. I gotta go. All right. Thank you. Bye, Ed. Bye, Ed. Bye. Bye.